Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. The Bible reminds us that we have to train up a child in the way of their mouth so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Our children uh, need our direction, our guidance, our mentorship, our love, and our consistencies. And in today's culture, it is even more difficult to raise children in the admonition of the Lord. With so many temptations, with so many distractions, it becomes uh, labor-intensive for us as Christian parents to do what we know needs to be done in order to uh give our young people back to the Lord the way that he requires us to do. And so on today's episode, I really want to appeal to the parents that are listening. And even if you're not a parent, uh, there are families around us that can use this information. So we pray that you open up your heart to listen to the wisdom that comes from the show uh, we have a special guest uh, today that um, that can help us with this particular topic. He's written a book, and it's called The University of Destruction, not Instruction, but Destruction. And I'll let him share with you all the emphasis or the essence of the book. So for today's episode, our special guest is our brother David Wheaton. Brother uh, David, how are you? I'm doing fine, Perseus. Thanks for having me on your program. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Now, before we get started, uh, there is a a, a big pink elephant in the room. Uh, Can you tell us about your your, your past uh, trade in terms of tennis? Yeah. Well, I guess everyone has a past, right? (laughs) But um, I'm in my, I'm 47 years old now. But uh, when I was 19, I turned professional in tennis. I started playing when I was just four years old, and I was the youngest of four children in our family. I was the youngest by a long shot. My next oldest sibling is nine years older than I am. And we had two public tennis courts just down the street from our home Uh here in Minnesota. And so my older siblings played the game. Uh, they played hockey in the winter and tennis in the summer, so I sort of was a tag-along and <laughs> began playing at a very young age and just went one level to the next, from those public courts to local tournaments and then to national tournaments, and uh, eventually went off to uh, college at Stanford and turned professional, as I said, when I was 19 and played for 13 years on the tour between the years of 1988 and 2001. And it was uh, just a tremendous experience. Um, learned so many things. And I think the the greatest thing of all, though, is through the ups and downs and the difficulties and challenges of the career, God used uh, the game of tennis to bring me to himself when I was 24 mm. years old. I had grown up in a Christian home, uh, professed to be a believer in Christ, but 
my life really didn't represent someone who who had Christ on the throne of their life. Mm. Uh, but through some circumstances of events, when I was in my early 20s, actually through winning a big tournament, I realized how empty um, success was uh, if you pursue it and achieve it for the wrong reasons. And uh, so it was at that point, a couple of years after that big win, that I just came to the end of myself and saw myself for the sinner I was and uh, obeyed Christ's command to repent and believe in the gospel. And it was at that point that I went from being a professing Christian to one who possessed genuine saving faith. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your transparency and uh, being open to share that with our listeners. I'm sure somebody uh, can be helped by that testimony. So you've written a book uh, called The University of Destruction, and the cover itself is very appealing, uh, but it stands out. So tell us why a book entitled The University of Destruction. Yeah, as you mentioned, it was college is supposed to be a university of instruction. That's what the cover looks like. It's But the I-N is crossed out, and uh, a D-E for destruction is spray-painted over the I-N. And that's because college is a university of destruction for too many professing Christian mm. students. Um, depending on what survey or study you look at, I have one in the book that I refer to uh, from the Higher Education Research Institute at UCLA that shows as many as 50% of students who say they are born-again Christians coming into college will not say that any longer Mm. after they've been there for four years. So in a way, college is like a killing field uh, for faith. I think most people listening will will know how much the worldview in college is slanted toward humanistic thought, not biblical thought. Um, And Christians are often thought of as evangelists for what they believe, but Mm -hmm. uh, I believe the college campus is an evangelist, so to speak, in another way, influencing young people to uh, a humanistic, um, anti-God, anti-biblical, non-biblical ideology. And uh, I have no problem with students being exposed to uh, other philosophies and worldviews. Sure. I think it can make someone stronger right? Uh, if if they know what they believe. But uh, for too many students, they go off to college, and it is a university of destruction. But that's why I wrote the book. The subtitle is Your Game Plan for Spiritual Victory on Campus. It's uh, as, If as many as 50% say they are no longer born-again Christians after being in college, well, a lot of them, the other 50%, I think, can do well and often do do well in college. Uh, so um, that's why it's titled that way. And by the way, it's not just secular colleges that are difficult for professing Christian students. <laughs> it's uh, professing Christian colleges as well, too. I, I read that in a book, and I have to smile because you're absolutely correct. And for those that are listening, uh, we are on air with Brother David Wheaton. He's the author of University of Destruction. And it was because of your book, I shared this through our email, it's because of your book uh, primarily, as well as testimonies from other parents, that validated what you've written in a book was the impetus for uh, our ministry, Sound Reasoning Ministries, developing the annual boot camp for our Christian students. So um, it's coming up April 8th. We hold it once a year. And uh, the whole objective is to, as you said, expose our Christian youth to some of the uh, demagoguery and rhetoric that they may encounter in the classroom and on the playgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so from sixth grade through college, 
uh, we have a syllabus for each grade level to help them to not be tripped up on their faith when they get on school campuses. So thank you. That is tremendous, though, because, um, you know, trying to – this is such a critical time of life. This is a highly transitional time for a young person when they go off to college. If you think about it, they're going from – dependence at home to their first taste of independence. Mm -hmm. They go from having their own personal, their parental values at home to starting to form their own uh, personal values in college. And I remember hearing an interview on the radio one time where one of the guests said that the most uh, important decisions in life are made between the ages of 15 and 23, Mm. uh, which are your high school and college years. And so it, it is really critical and um, that's part of the reason I wrote the book, because when I went off to Stanford, it really was a university of destruction mm. spiritually for me, having grown up in a Christian home, but uh, not having those things personalized in my own life, my own faith for myself. And you know, I didn't stop believing in God or anything like that, but my life started to turn way away to being um, lived in a way that wasn't pleasing to God. And my faith wasn't that important to me during that particular time of my life. And as I came off the tennis tour and began to speak to students as a former professional athlete, I began to hear the same story over and over again, how, yeah, I raised my son or daughter in a Christian home. We took them to church and Mm. youth group and so forth. But when we went to college, I've just lost them. They're just gone. And parents are literally crying over it because what's worse, you know, maybe just losing your child completely, but losing your child's uh, everything you've built into your son or daughter. Uh, when they go off to college. And the ironic thing about this whole thing is that parents pay for this. Right. They pay to have their, their children go off to the University of Destruction. So I, I really applaud you for for doing what you can to try to prepare your your the, the kids that you're in your sphere of influence to be able to be overcomers on campus. I appreciate that. So what can parents or what should parents do, Christ, uh, Christian parents, what should they do to prepare or better prepare these young people for the University of Destruction? Well, that's the question, and I think it starts with Ephesians 6, Chapter 4, where it says, Fathers or parents, do not exasperate or provoke your children to anger, mm. but train them up or raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And there's actually, interestingly enough, not tons of passages in Scripture about child-rearing, you know, go back to Deuteronomy 6 and teaching your kids when you're walking with them, by the way, and that portion of Scripture, and there are other principles, of course, in Proverbs and so forth. Um, but that passage in Ephesians 6, 4 sort of sums it up, right. to, to raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That has to be something that starts at the earliest times. Right. And I think that starts with actually... Um, explaining to them what the gospel is, because the difference between being able to thrive in college versus being overcome or being uh, one of the ones that say they are no longer born-again Christians is actually having a true saving faith. Mm. And so explaining what the gospel is, that God created uh, them to be in relationship with him, that his laws that he makes, his rules that he makes are actually for our good and keeping us for our good and his glory that we're meant to be in relationship with God, and God is a good and loving God, and there's the most fulfillment in life comes out of that relationship. <laughs> we're created to worship. We're going to worship something Amen. in life, whether it's God or whether it's ourselves or material possessions or something. So to teach them why we were created, and then number two, to teach them about their sin nature, that as, a, as, as men and women, we, we are fallen. All of 
sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. There are consequences to sin. But then right. the good news is that um, that's why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life and die a perfect sacrifice so we could be forgiven and made right with God. And the call is to repent and believe in that, to believe in Christ uh, and who he is and what he did for us on the cross. Mm. And so going from being a an unbeliever to a one who genuinely possesses true saving faith is, is the most critical call for a parent. Now, a parent can't force uh, their son or daughter to do that, but can certainly make the gospel clear and can keep on preaching that over and over again. Because that is the key point, the key issue, I think, why so many students will profess to be born-again Christians coming into college, but after four years said they are no longer, um, no longer a born-again Christian because they are just professing Christians. They don't possess genuine saving faith. And there's a whole chapter in University of Destruction about that. It's called professors versus possessors, Mm -hmm. and that is just a critical thing that I think parents need to help their children come to saving faith and then raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord according to Scripture. Thank you so much. Um, You also talk about uh, the pillars of peril versus the pillars of promise. What's the difference? Yeah, well, I think the pillars of peril, I think you can summarize everything that a a young man or young woman will face on a college campus in three things. There's a battle for the body, mm-hmm. which is sexual immorality. There's a battle for the spirit, which are drugs and alcohol. And I say that because Scripture says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. In other words, you're either filled with alcoholic spirits or you're filled <laughs> right. with the Holy Spirit. You can't right. be both at the same time. Right. And the third pillar of peril is a battle for the mind, which is the worldview battle which is humanism, and it comes in two forms depending on what kind of college you attend. If you go to a a secular college, you face secular humanism. This is where man is God. It's Mm -hmm. more of an atheistic, secular, materialistic worldview. And if you go to some of the more liberal Christian colleges, you'll face religious humanism. This is where man morphs God and twists the meaning of Scripture, Mm. uh, deconstructs Scripture to make it much more of a, a liberal interpretation where the Bible isn't the inspired word of God, it's the words of men, and the miracles aren't literal, and right. Jesus Christ isn't the only way, that sort of thing. And so that's very confusing and destructive in and of itself, too, by the way. Matter of fact, I, I think in, in some cases that's more difficult for a young student to uh, encounter when they're in college is the religious humanism, because it's, it's, it's kind of sounds like Christianity. Talk about God and Jesus and the Bible, but it's completely redefined, and that's very challenging. Right, right. Uh, using the same form, but not the same content. Right. Thank you for that. Um, and also in the book, um, you talked about, and you mentioned it just a few minutes ago, this whole concept of the overcomers and the compromisers and pretenders. What are those three groups? Yeah, I wrote about that early in the book that, you know, when a professing Christian student goes off to college, they're, they're really in one, in one of three categories. The overcomers are the ones that, when they go off to college, have know who they are in, in their faith and can defend it. And their purpose in college is not only just to survive, but to thrive and to impact their peers for Christ. They're, they're going to go to college, and they're going to they're gonna face the same trials and tests and temptations as everyone else, but they're going to overcome them because 
um, they they want to please God more than they want to please themselves. Right. That's basically what it comes down to. And it's not that they're going to live a perfect life in college, but their general direction will be one of victory in college. Right. Whereas the the um, the compromiser goes to college as a professing Christian as well, but they sort of have one foot in the world and one foot in the faith. They're they sort of haven't decided this day whom they're going to serve. And it's not really clear whether they're truly saved or not. And they go to college sort of, I think, easily pulled one way or the other. And I was the compromiser when I went to college. I was a professing Christian, and you know, I really uh, thought as a Christian I was missing out on, quote-unquote, the fun that the world had to offer, that college, the college campus had to offer. And, of course, my definition of fun included uh, that fun had to be had when you were actually sinning. Right, <laughs> so, right. As believers, we know that we can have very much fun in life, but it doesn't need to include sin while we're at it. And so the compromiser kind of is, is that is walking on the fence and often falls to the wrong side. Right. And, and the third category is the pretender. This is someone who is, you know, maybe a professing Christian, just probably in name only, has been taken to church at Christmas and Easter, but has no intention at all and no desire at all of living for Christ or following Christ in God's Word in college, and uh, is only thinking about pleasing his or her flesh. Mm. So those are the three types of people, I think, that head into college, and that makes a big difference, by the way. You know, sort of like Daniel, before he went into Babylon, he had decided in his heart beforehand that uh, he was going to serve God in Babylon. Right. And uh, that's a key thing for a student to consider before they go off to college as well. Who am I going to serve? Am I going to serve God? Or am I going to serve myself in college? Amen. Amen. I appreciate that. Uh, These are words um, of prudence, uh, nuggets that we all as Christian parents uh, can and should live by. So in terms of uh, summation, uh, what do you want to share with our parents that are listening on air right now in terms of not just this book, but your overall mindset as it, as it relates to our young people in college? Yeah, well, I think parents really need to be informed about this. I, I find too often you'll hear parents say, well, you know, it's kind of their four years um, to, to sort of experiment and explore, and they'll come back later. And um, they're thinking in college of terms of perhaps when they went to college, maybe back in the 50s right. or 60s, and it was starting to get bad then. But college is, is, is getting, I think, progressively more radical. I mean, mm-hmm. just look at the news on television. There's hardly free speech even allowed on a lot of college campuses anymore, or at least speech that, that the secular humanistic worldview disagrees with. Mm-hmm. And so college is a very difficult, challenging environment. And so I think parents need to be informed. Uh, they need to explain the gospel to their sons and daughters and really pray that their son or daughter would repent and believe in the gospel before they go to college. Uh, they need to equip them. Uh, you, you talked about that early, per, earlier, Perseus, that uh, you know, teach them the Word of God in the home. That's your, your time to have an influence on them. Um, really think in advance about how you can prepare them. And I, I really encourage parents to read University of Destruction because it's geared towards students, but it helps parents just to be informed and to have the framework uh, for how they can help prepare their sons and, and daughters to go to college. And I, I, lastly, I'd say there's lots of little things, not little things, but tips I could say about making sure you, you, you try to 
um, you know, get the, the game plan set. I, I talk about the three, the, the, the raising your spiritual GPA, how well you interact with God, <laughs> teaching your, 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 your children to have a daily time interacting with God and his word. Mm. Uh, the P of GPA, spiritual GPA, is interacting with your peers and trying to help your sons and daughters know how to choose friends that are going to pull them up and not pull them down. Mm. And then the A is the authorities, how to interact with your authorities and choosing um, to understand that God puts authorities in our lives, whether it's parents and teachers or youth group leaders, for our protection and our direction, uh, not just to kind of put a wet blanket on our life, but to use them for good purposes. And when those things are in place, when a, when a student has a high spiritual GPA, mm-hmm. you know, they can really go almost anywhere to college, even right. the most in difficult environments, because they're going to be an overcomer. That's really the theme of, of university instruction is to be an overcomer. And uh, they can go almost anywhere and, and be successful, be a victorious Christian. But if they don't, it's going to be a really challenging environment, and parents need to be on their knees praying, stay in their lives, be invested with them, and do whatever you can um, to battle for their soul, because that's what it is. You're battling for their soul. You know, some students go off to college and they, they are affected negatively from a spiritual standpoint and they never come back. And it's a heartache for a parent right. forever. Right. Uh, but some go to college and do well and they can do well. It's not like there's, it's without hope. Right. Students can do well in college if they're prepared and if the parents do everything they can to equip them to do well on campus. Amen, Brother Wheaton. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. Um, we will be in touch, uh, and, and we, we thank you again for your book and your ministry. Well, thank you, Perseus, and all of God's best and grace to you and your ministry as well. Thank you. That's Brother David Wheaton, the author of University of Destruction, your game plan for spiritual victory on campus. And as he mentioned, it's vitally important that we equip our young people with the tools needed to be successful once they step on uh, the school's campus, not just college, but all the way down to the elementary level. And if you're listening to this show, I implore you to sign up for the next Apologetics Boot Camp. Go to www.srministries.org. It's right around the corner. And we need you to sign up your young people, sixth grade through college. They need the tools that's required to function the way that God wants them to function in the 21st century. Please do for the truth what others do for a lie. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. 
Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.